G1 Bay walks it off at PNC Park on Tuesday night as the Pittsburgh Pirates defeat the Houston Astros 7-4 to set up a rubber match for tomorrow. So on this episode sponsored by HelloFresh, we're going to talk about the first couple games of the series and take a look at tomorrow's matchup against the World Series defending champions. My name is Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast. As mentioned before, I am, of course, your host who does the most, Ethan Smith. Hope you guys are all having a phenomenal Tuesday evening as we are live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play. You'll be hearing this in the morning. Uh, If you're listening tomorrow, you could be hearing it right now. If you're live here, we got the chat right over there after G1 Bay. Sends one over the Clemente wall, and wow. Everybody catch their breath because I definitely had to. Probably got a noise complaint from the neighbors after that one, but that was a game that the Pirates desperately needed. Uh, Of course, on Monday, the Astros kind of punched them in the mouth. First game without O'Neal Cruz, and the Pirates just looked lifeless. They come out in this game. Mitch Keller gives up two solo home runs in the first two innings. It looks like the Pirates are going to be working from uh, behind again. But then Jack Sawinski all of a sudden hits one over the Clemente wall, well over the Clemente wall into the Allegheny. And G-Man Choi would follow suit in the sixth inning. And then, of course, G-Wan Bay would do the same, but not hitting it out of the ballpark. But, you know, he, he did enough. It all counts the same in the 7-4 victory, which also moved the Pirates to a 7-4 record on the season. And there's a lot to talk about here, so I would love you guys um, to come to this live stream when we do do these. We uh, do these every once in a while during the week after these games. I do work 7-5 to in the morning, Monday through Wednesday, so it's a little bit easier for me to do these after the games rather than trying to do them super, super, super early in the morning. Um. We have some uh, guys here. Tasha says, I am almost as excited as the Korean broadcasters. What a game. Yeah, go to the Twitter account and you'll see the uh, Korean broadcast and their reaction to that beautiful G1 Bay home run. John Gorman says, man, what a win. This was an amazing win for this young team. I couldn't agree more, dude. You can't agree more with this team. I mean, there have been multiple instances this year with this Pirates team where they have already fought back from a lot of adversity. They've already fought back from deficits early on in games. We saw it against Boston when they were down 5-3 to in the opener of that series. We saw it against Chicago um, in the last series when they were down in that game. And then we saw it here tonight. They fell down 2 to nothing early, but there was no panic whatsoever. There was no um, issues with how things were going. And Mitch Keller... I think you have to throw something out to him, man. I mean, Mitch Keller realistically did a phenomenal job here in this game. Uh, He had the two solo shots, as mentioned, that gave 
the Astros a 2-0 lead early. And he really settled in after that. I mean, he ended up going six innings. He left uh, the game with uh, it being tied before G.E. Manchoy would hit that home run to give the Pirates the lead um, in the bottom of the sixth. Obviously, Colin Holderman and Dwayne Underwood Jr. would follow in the game to uh, keep the game scoreless. Now, David Bednar, um, I won't talk too much about the blown save here. He just kind of had some missed spots there that he would normally hit. He made Jose Abreu look confused in that last at-bat that he ended up having to face. And there was a lot to love about this game. And I think we're going to keep this one a little bit short. This will be more of in the game recap uh, part of this for um, for uh, the playlist that you'll see on YouTube. This will be available on audio as well for everybody that's not listening. But, man, the first game of this series, again, it just felt like this team really was going to lose it. It really felt like this team was just going to have – no life after O'Neill Cruz went down with the injury that he had. They lose eight to two. I mean, they were out of that game almost immediately. Uh, Ruanzi Contreras was just not hitting his spots whatsoever in this game, but here they fought back, man. I think that's the thing that we're seeing. That's so different about this Pirates team is they fought back. They went down early again, which is something that I do hope they stop doing, by the way. And I think a lot of you guys that are in the live stream right now would also agree that I hope they stop doing is falling behind in these games because it's getting infuriating. It really is. It's getting very, very annoying to see this team fall behind in games like they have early on, but they've clawed back thus far. And now you enter a point where they're seven and four right now, thinking with a little bit of forward thinking here. They're seven and four. They could lose tomorrow. Very well could. This is a very good Astros team. They have uh, Jose Urquidy on the mound tomorrow, who has a pretty decent ERA thus far. Rich Hill is on the mound for the Pirates to hope to get a decent start from him. Nothing like the last one that we saw. But you then look ahead to St. Louis, who isn't playing great baseball right now to start the year, where you're facing a lot less talented pitching staff you could talk about this Pirates team having 10 wins by the end of the week as a realistic benchmark for what this team could do. Uh, John Gorman says Mitch Keller continues to pitch like an ace outside of the two home runs. He was dominant. Yes. And I think by every start, they really need to consider approaching him with an extension. I think it's something they really need to consider right now. I know the Brian Reynolds talk is the forefront, but you just really want to hope that they get something done with Mitch Keller and he doesn't price himself out of Pittsburgh. Uh, Tasha says pitching lineups really uh, lines up really well against St. Louis looking for a big bounce back from Rowanzi. And I would expect one from Rowanzi Tasha. Vince Saya is one of my good friends. Uh, what's good, Ethan? Shout out to the Pirates. Yes, sir. Vince is a Dodgers fan, but he's one of the cool Dodgers fans. Uh, so we'll shout out Vince there. Um, and I just want everybody to drop their thoughts on this. We're going to keep this one a little bit short today. Uh, again, to talk a little bit about the game tomorrow. It's going to be an afternooner. Uh, 12.35 Eastern time, Jose Urquidy versus Rich Hill. Obviously, we don't have lineups yet with this coming out after the game. And, 
I'm excited for this game tomorrow. I think it's a big step forward for this team to have a rubber match against a team like the Houston Astros, who obviously were the defending World Series champions entering the year, have dealt with some injuries with the injury bug already, with uh, Lance McCullers being on the injured list, Jose Altuve being on the injured list after the um, injury he sustained in the World Baseball Classic, among other small injuries as well. So this isn't the Astros at full strength, but it's still a benchmark when you have a team that you're facing that still contains Christian Javier, Framber Valdez, Ryan Presley, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman, Jose Abreu, Chaz McCormick, a very good lineup. When you have the opportunity to go into Wednesday with a rubber match and an opportunity to win a series against Houston in your home ballpark, may I add, that is very big. And speaking of big, Jiwon Bay is looking like he's going to be a very, very good player for this team this year if he continues on the track that he's continuing on. And I'm very excited to see what he continues to do. John says he's afraid to see what the Astros will do to Rich Hill tomorrow. I would, I don't know. You know with Rich Hill what you're getting. I think he will bounce back. He's a veteran pitcher. I don't think he's going to have that bad of a start like he did the last time. Anything can happen on any given day, but I think he'll go five innings tomorrow, maybe about three or four earned runs against a strong Houston Astros lineup, and he'll keep the Pirates in the game. Tasha says, not expecting tomorrow to go very well for the Pirates. Just take two against the Cardinals on a three and four week. Doesn't look too terrible considering the quality of competition. Yes, I predicted five and two at the beginning of the week just because I'm very confident about the Pirates in those pitching matchups that you mentioned earlier, Tasha, I'm very confident in this team and what they can do against St. Louis pitching. I know it's in St. Louis. The Cardinals usually dominate Pittsburgh, but I'm also here to tell you a lot of this young roster doesn't know that. Jiwan Bay doesn't know about the Cardinals beating up on the Pirates. Kanan Smith and Jigba doesn't know about the Cardinals beating up on the Pirates. There's a lot of young guys on this team that, are not accustomed to what Andrew McCutcheon had to deal with in his time here when he played the Cardinals on a daily basis. He's not accustomed, or some of these young guys are not accustomed to Mitch Keller and what he's had to deal with with the Cardinals over the years. This is a team that is fresh. Every team they look at, they're not scared of them. They go into these games and they play good baseball. That's what you want to see them do. They've had one or two bad games in the last couple days against Chicago and Houston yesterday. But what have they done in both of those events? On Sunday, they come out and they shut out the White Sox with a good White Sox lineup and win that game. And then tonight, albeit the blown save from Bednar scared a lot of us and it looked like the Astros might come back and steal this one, G1 Bay said, no, we ain't doing extra innings. We're, I'm walking this off. And credit that to Andrew McCutcheon as well with that uh, single that he had to move Castro to second. On, I mean, G1 Bay, even if that didn't go over the fence, it was going to score Castro either way. <coughs> Excuse me. He just got enough of it to where it was really going to matter. And looking ahead, I guess, uh, and Vince says, I agree. I think your Pirates can beat St. Louis. They're at too inconsistent. I love the fight from the Pirates. Yes, you have to. And uh, while we're here as well, um, tomorrow, of course, we're going to be recapping the Houston Astros series, depending on how the game goes tomorrow. It could be a very positive response. It could be a negative response. It could be in the middle. It just really depends on how tomorrow's game goes. Um, and then, of course, we'll be previewing the Cardinals series. We're going to have um, 
Craig on on Thursday in the morning. We're going to have J.D. Halfron on in the afternoon for the Cardinals series to do a little crossover with J.D. You guys, ha- we had him on last year. He's a very fun guy. Uh, love having the in-division rival crossovers. Michael just got here. Should the Pirates be looking at alternatives for shortstop? Castro has never looked good there, including spring training. Still surprised they didn't call up Mercado instead of Matthias. That's why I don't think they ultimately do go for another alternative option, Michael. I do think that they're going to stick ultimately with Castro for the time being and then eventually bring up a guy like Marcano and then eventually Piguero and Gonzalez. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, though. I think it's one of those things where if they do, it's not surprising. If they don't, it's not surprising just with the amount of of options that they have available in the system. It's just when do you finally tap into it, depending on if this inconsistency defensively becomes an issue for Rodolfo Castro, especially in the event where Rodolfo Castro almost cost the Pirates the game tonight as well. Tasha says, scary thing is I think Castro's shortstop defense is uh, superior to Marcano's. I would disagree there, Tasha. I think Marcano has improved a lot defensively. And if anything, you move G1 Bay over to that spot. Uh, Derek Shelton has already said that G1 Bay would probably play that position in terms of when Matthias moves over to second base. I think Marcano could play second base really well, and G1 Bay could slide up the shortstop. But it's also opened up a lot of different spots right now. And uh, Gorman says, I'd rather see Marcano as shortstop and Castro at second. Bay feels like a really good option in center field. But yeah, Jack Sawinski also hit a home run tonight. If Jack Sawinski can start getting things under his belt, you got to really consider what you have there too, John. And that's what's beautiful about this team right now is every single game you can have a takeaway about something and still come up with the fact that the Pirates have a ton of options right now on this team. They have a ton of things to figure out. They have a lot of questions to still answer, and they have a lot of guys that are very fun to watch, a lot of guys that are contributing to wins right now, not only contributing to this team in a positive way, they are contributing to wins. (coughs) I'm sorry about the coughing, by the way, guys. But they are contributing to wins. And when I say we have options, John, Um, I'm saying like they have options in terms of numbers, like guys that when you see them on this team, you're not getting that Josh Van Meter vibe from Tuka Peter Marcano playing shortstop. You're not getting that, um, I don't know, like any other jobber that the Pirates have had playing a position in the last couple of years. You're not going to have that same feeling with some of these guys that they have in AAA. Still furious, the 2-0 pitch to Jack in the ninth. That was clearly a ball. What's called a strike. Completely changed the at-bat. Yeah, but I still think Jack strikes out there. I think Presley had him figured out. Um, guys, I think that's about it. Um, the Pirates win 7-4. G1 Bay walks it off. They even the series 1-1 and have a rubber match tomorrow. I think that's enough said there on that. Um, I've had a very long day. I'm sure everybody else has as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, And, John, yeah, I figured you didn't mean it in a sarcastic way. Uh, Yes, and the ump was horrible, uh, some in substance says. I agree. I think the umpiring has been pretty bad for the most part to start the year. But, guys, thank you so much. On tomorrow's show, we will be going live at 5.30 Eastern time. Uh, We'll be talking about this series at length. We'll be taking a brief look at the St. Louis Cardinals series. We'll be talking about some injury update news that we've seen come out today. We'll be talking about some things moving forward and more. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Locked on Pirates podcast post-game show. 
My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a wonderful Tuesday evening, guys, and I will see you on the flip side.